Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. Here's what's happening in our world today, which is very similar to what happened in Paul's day in age. People become a God unto themselves. And in our culture today, um, the authority or submitting to somebody else has become an absolute swear word. So here's how it's going to happen. Our current president, when he was being um, sworn into office, he was basically um, putting his hand on a Bible. He potentially does not believe swearing an oath to a God he most likely does not even believe that can possibly exist. It's anarchy. It's very similar to what's happening in Colossians. Now, as we go a particular further, um, we live in a time and age in the culture that we live in today where it costs um, $400 to get an abortion, but it costs $40,000 to adopt a child. That's the age you and I live in today. We live in an age today where the, the highest um, uh, uh, um, commander, in, in particular in the office today, ends a speech to the largest abortion clinic with the following words, God bless you. And so when we talk about anarchy, very much how anarchy existed in the uh, Colossian area, era in the same thing that is existing in our world today. If we look at verse 2-9 in Colossians, Paul says the following. He says, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So Paul is basically saying, Jesus is God. Jesus is an authority. Jesus is in, in preeminence. Jesus resides over everything. Jesus decides when life happens and when life ends. Jesus is the senior pastor of the church. Jesus is the creator of the world. Jesus is the creator of you and me. Jesus is the one to whom we must submit. Paul says, Jesus is the one that talks about all these particular words. And what we as Christians believe is that the 66 books of the Bible, beginning from Genesis 1-1, ending in, in um, Revelation 22-21, they focus and exalt Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And what you and I are experience, experiencing is a tide, uh, uh, this massive wave, I would say a tsunami of anarchy. And so... We're coming up to a particular age where if you're not tolerant, then you're intolerant of everybody else and you have to be tolerant of everybody else. We're coming into an age of anarchy where you have to accept everybody's position and everybody's view and if you don't accept it, then you're bigoted or you're intolerant. It is an anarchy. We might have a very organized freeway system. We might all look like very civil people when we go out into the world, into our workforce, but in reality, we're living in anarchy. Um, just recently, I was, um, I was having a back and forth conversation with uh, another individual on Twitter. And uh, this particular person, he, um, he uh, is actually a fairly prominent writer for the Huffington Post. And if you guys know, it's a very popular newspaper. His articles are read by hundreds and thousands of people. And we started talking about uh, particular views of the Bible and very many different um, issues that are going on today. And it seems like what's happening is that people are 
reinterpreting what the Bible says. People are reinterpreting that when we read John um, chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That this verse, in fact, did not talk about the exclusivity of salvation through Jesus Christ, but it just talked about Jesus inviting everybody to sing Kumbaya with him and just all get along. And, and if you know you want to come into my kingdom, you can, no problem. If you don't, no worries. Just do your own thing, and there will absolutely be no penalty or punishment for that. Now, some of you guys are wondering, horrible, how is this happening? It's happening everywhere. Just look at the, look at the media, look at the day and age in which we live in. So we live in an age of absolute anarchy, and Paul, in this particular text, he's saying to them, God is in control, God is in charge, God is in authority, you need to submit to God. And some of us listen and hear the word submission or authority and we think, Ugh, like, we're kind of repulsed by it. But in reality, the greatest thing to be in is in submission to a God who created you because he knows what's best for you. So Paul, in this particular epistle, he's saying Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He says Jesus is God, not Mass media, not social media, not culture, not people who are trying to invert the gospel message. No, Jesus is God. He created you for a purpose. And there is a heaven and there is a hell. And after you die, there will come judgment. And you will have to answer to the judge and the creator of this world, which is Jesus Christ. And salvation is found in no one other than Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible teaches. That's what Paul was facing, this Colossian heresy that was going on where people were questioning that. They were saying there was salvation and so many other things. And in this culture that you and I live in today, Jesus is becoming not Lord over all, but a footnote in everything. So what happens is, when I need a great marriage, here's what I do. I've never worshipped Jesus before. I'm going to start now. Why? Because I want him to improve my marriage. As soon as my health starts going wrong, what do I start to do? Jesus, hook me up with an extra dose of health. So Jesus becomes a footnote in the script of your life and my life. But you know what, friends? Here's the reality. Jesus is not Lord over all in your life. He's Lord over none in your life. And he desires for you and I to submit to him. And he's not like this, this crazy Lord that's kind of like a cosmic killjoy that wants to throw down fireballs at you and wants to just make sure you never have any fun. Not at all. Jesus is God, and God is a loving Father. And he created you and me, and he created you and me to love you and me forever. And if God created you and me, don't you think he knows what's best for you and me? But we're dealing and we're living in an age of anarchy but paul says you know what in jesus dwells all the deity because he is god number three we're dealing with an, a third issue why colossians is written and that's pragmatism if we read in verse three um uh, colossians 3 verse 12 paul says put on then as god's chosen ones holy and beloved compassion kindness humility meekness and patience we live in this age of pragmatism where we want to know if it works, right? Does it work? I don't care if it's true. Does it work? If you've ever been up late at night and you're watching those infomercials and they're promising you just amazing things, we don't care if it's true. We want to know, does it work? And some of us even fall for the bait and whip out our credit card and order it. And then it gets shipped to our home. And then six months later, we don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his 20s and we're devastated. 
That's what happens to you and I, right? Not to me, actually. I never did that. Um, c- confession time. But this is, this is a, a, a pragmatism. We don't really care if it's true as long as it works. And so what you and I are facing, maybe from our coworkers or our friends, they're like, Jesus, okay, does it work? Is, is God really true? What the Bible says, is it really true? Does Jesus really save? Can he really help my marriage? Can he help my health? Can he help my job? Can he help my relationships? Can he really help me become a better person? And so we start asking these questions to Jesus. And how many of you guys were involved in a conversation with an unbeliever where you're sharing the gospel with them? And maybe you're even here today listening. You're still struggling and figuring out, is Jesus for real? So we have this spirit, this zeitgeist of pragmatism that's permeating our culture. It's swimming through our culture and it's catching many of us and we're, and we're bombarded by this stream of this typhoon of, of pragmatism because we want proof. You know why? Because we're a generation of knowledge. We know everything. Wikipedia, everything. It's being updated. You can even update Wikipedia if you want, if you don't believe whatever the article says. We live in this age where everybody knows everything and the way to prove it's true is to check it out if it works. But you know what Jesus is? He's God overall. He's Lord overall. But you know what? You can't put Jesus in the little category. You can't put God in the box. He's, he, he made the box. He's like outside the box. And so what tends to happen to you and to me when we share the gospel, people are like, well, prove it to me. Prove to me that your faith is real. Show me a miracle. Walk on water. And immediately we're like, oh, you know what? Actually, I can't. Like, I'm not Jesus. I can't walk on water. But I can share the gospel with you. And that's what, we, that's what we need to do. And in your life and in my life, there's miracles. And there's things that happen that we cannot explain. And it cannot be explained by pragmatism or a, a program. It can be only explained that there's somebody of a higher power than us who lives in heaven, who resides everywhere, and who is in control. A few months ago, I, was, um, I, I went out for coffee with a friend and I was, sharing, um, I was sharing the gospel with him and my kind of like, you know, uh, very driven, passionate personality wanted to make sure that he believed in the gospel and he accepted Jesus right then and there, but I was slowly being patient and just sharing the gospel and, and just sharing Jesus with him and and, and if you've ever been in this conversation where you're saying all the right things and you're, you're saying it in the right way and you have the right Bible passages and you have the right spirit about it and the person's just looking at you like, okay, cool. That's awesome. It's almost like you're telling them about, you know, the load of laundry you did last night. It's just that exciting. And so I'm sitting there just trying to, trying to contain my frustration. I'm like, hey, bro, let's, you know, I'll just pray for you. And uh, anyway... So the conversation kind of ended and we, we, we parted on great terms and he calls me the next day, very, very excited. Like, okay, cool. Let's, let's talk what happened. He's like, you will not believe what just happened. I'm like, what is it? Tell me about it. He's like, you know, when, um, when we left that particular place, I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I realized one thing. I'm like, what? He's like, I forgot my phone there, my cell phone. I'm like, you forgot your cell phone. Okay. So did you find it? What's wrong? Should I, you know, activate the find my iPhone feature? Like, how can I help you? He's like, no, 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 it's, it's not about that. He's like, somebody helped me find my phone. And what happened later was just absolutely miraculous. I want to share with you. I'm like, what is it? He's like, it turns out that literally 
uh, 20 or 30 minutes after you left, I, I figured out I lost my phone. After I went back to find it, I couldn't find it. I walked back into the cafe and the person um, who found it turned it in. And apparently it was some lady who found his phone. And this lady just moved from, I think it was from the Midwest to Orange County and she was looking for a church and she was looking for somebody to share the gospel with and she apparently heard a voice from God when she was living in the Midwest that she had to go to Orange County and something pulled her to go into this particular cafe on this particular cross street on that particular day literally 20 to 30 minutes after I finished my conversation and to find this guy's phone and to share the gospel with him and at the moment when she shared the gospel with him his heart opened up and he said what must I do to be saved and she said believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and and ask him to come into your life and he did and he did and he's calling me with like tears in his eyes he's like I believe in Jesus I believe that he died for me on the cross I believe that he has forgiven my sins and I believe that all this stuff that you were talking to me about about this Bible and all these questions and do they work in this pragmatism it's true friends this is how the gospel works I cannot explain it. It cannot be explained by pragmatism. And you and I sometimes are so swept into that. Now, don't get me wrong. I think programs are great. And our God is a God of order, not of chaos. But there's some things that you and I, I just cannot explain. And so what you and I are called to do is to show up, to preach the gospel, to share the gospel, and let Jesus do the work. for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.